0: I'm Jessica Randolph, and welcome to the How to Buy a House podcast, where we empower you to invest in real estate and start building wealth for yourself. It's the biggest purchase of your life, and we're going to teach you how to do it right. Hello, world. Today, you're going to get to hear from our Indianapolis teacher, Lindsay Sears, Lindsay has been in real estate since the womb. No joke, her mom is a boss realtor in Indy, and she grew up going to showings as a kid and knows the city inevitably like the back of her hand. She now has her own team and has forged her own path that has been successful really since day one. She's been in the top tier of production at her brokerage, was honored the true award, which symbolizes integrity, helpfulness, and leadership, and is greatly involved in her community. We love her, and we know that you will too. So without further ado, Let's get into it. Today we're talking about the five steps to nailing every showing to make sure that you're taking advantage every single time you step inside of a house and kind of like preparing for a first date. You know, you want to make sure you are wearing the right outfit. You want to make sure you understand where to park at the restaurant that you're going to. And maybe you prep some questions that you want to ask for this blind date or things like that. And just kind of prepare yourself so that way when you get there, you feel prepared and it will be a lot less overwhelming and you feel like you got the most out of it. And so that's kind of what we're talking about today. And we've got Lindsay Sears out of Indianapolis with us. And today we're going to be talking about something that we as realtors, we do all day long, and that is showings, home showings. Before we get into it, I want to hear just a little bit about you and indie market. Give us like a little insight into, into your career.
1: So this is my 15th year in real estate. Every year gets better. Every year is, I would say, um, a new learning curve. Obviously, the market has been what some people refer to as like the wild, wild west out there. And I would think that the last few years have absolutely been indicative of that. It's been a solid year. I've got a team that I have a business partner, two business partners. So we are three team leads. We've got seven on our team. Um, we are small but mighty. And we um, one big happy family. So we do heavy in the Indianapolis market and surrounding lots of listings, lots of first time buyers. Um, we are a very diverse team. So, as far as we don't have our buyers' agents that are strictly to buyers, um, if you're an agent on our team, you're doing both listings and buyers. And um, we're super happy. Things are going good. That's awesome. I love it. So if you're an indie and you're
0: listening to this, reach out to Lindsay and her team and go to one of her classes. So let's get into our topic, which is taking advantage of every single showing. And a lot of people listening to this, maybe you've never gone to a showing yet because you're still learning how to buy a house and how to get in the door of your first showing. But let's say you've already hired a realtor and you are ready to start falling in love with houses. First thing you need to do is go see a house and fall in love. And there are different things to look out for. And so we're going to give you kind of like five easy steps to make sure that you're taking advantage of every single showing every time you go see a house. I would say before we go into telling you the five steps, the reason why it's important to kind of go in knowing what to look out for is because it can be a rat race, especially like you said, Lindsay, the wild, wild west of the market that it is right now. It can be a little hectic, especially if you're looking at five or 10 houses in any given day, you might forget at the end of the day, oh my gosh, what was that one that we liked? Or what was that address? And it can get confusing, but also you're buying the most expensive thing you've ever purchased. And it's important that you analyze the house from all different angles while you're there and while you're looking at it. So we're going to go into the five steps.
1: Lindsay, what is the first step to taking advantage of every house showing? Here's the thing, there might be more than 5, there might be less than 5. I have summed it up as this is my top 5 and I feel like the most important things to kind of think about and approach when you are home shopping. Um everyone always talks about number 1 being pre-approval. And I say that term and I bring it up because I want I want everyone to understand what that actually means behind it. So pre-approval doesn't just mean that like, hey, I'm good to go, like I can go buy a house. There's so much more in-depth to that. And when we talk to our buyers and our consumers, it's not only is it just a pre-approval, right, but it's what are we actually pre-approved for? Yes, it gives us the dollar amount. But in this case, in this market, um, there are some homes that don't qualify for certain types of financing, So at the end of the day, you know, you might have your hopes set on a particular home and we don't want to necessarily go look at it if you're approved FHA and let's say it's not FHA approvable or eligible. So that's definitely a factor that's super important with that pre-approval process, Um, but also it gives you your budget, too. So. You know, we're not seeing it so much in our market right now, where we're having multiple offers and we're doing escalations, or homes are going above list price. But there are situations where that's still happening. So at the end of the day, you know, if you're approved for 250 and we're looking at a 245, you only have a 5K wiggle room in order to, you know, leverage up if you need to. So it's super important to really know that strength of the buyer. Um, it positions the buyer to be in a way better um, stance walking in that door knowing what your actual negotiation power is behind you. For sure. Yeah, I feel like that's super important on that pre-approval process because it's not just like, hey, are you pre-approved? There's so much more to that. Definitely.
0: And I think once you're pre-approved, obviously your realtor sets you up on a search online. So you're receiving listings from the MLS. We talk about that a lot. So you already have kind of a basis of like, okay, if I am pre-approved for 250, I've seen a lot of things on the market just virtually from my phone or from my laptop. I've seen other houses that are, in my price range. And that way, when you walk through the house, you really can understand, oh, this is like one of the better things I've seen in the last three weeks or in the last three months on the market. Or you might be like, there are so many better houses I've seen come on and we don't need to waste time inside this house because it smells like cigarettes or whatever. Yeah. I think knowing your pre-approval amount will help you kind of gauge how well that house is showing to you
1: as a consumer. That's a great first step. Let's go to step number two. Okay. Step number two, I think this is always um, a fun exercise for consumers to do. It's your needs analysis. Um, Everyone has desires, wants maybe like a dream home that they want, but what are your necessities? What are your must haves? What are your non-negotiables? For sure. If I've got a couple, um, if it's a single person buying, go ahead and challenge them with doing this. What are your must haves? What are your, I would love to have this, but it's not a deal breaker. Um, I challenge the couples to do it separately. I like to see, you know, what partner number one has versus partner number two. And then it allows us to kind of narrow down those must-haves. It avoids conflict in the future. Um, It also allows us to kind of hyper-focus on what options would be good options for both parties that they could not necessarily settle on but both be happy with. So I always challenge them um, with doing that prior to our first showing. Or if we get to our first showing and we see that we maybe have a little bit of back and forth, that's a great exercise to start doing.
0: That is so smart because especially if you get to a house and the significant other is falling in love, it's just like, oh, it's perfect for us. But maybe the other partner is so stuck on having a garage space for all of his woodworking or for their yoga studio or whatever, like they're only going to be hyper-focused on that one thing that they really want. But having that conversation early and making sure that both parties kind of understand what their individual needs are so that when they look at the house, they're not just thinking of like, oh, do I love this? But like, is this the right fit for both of us? That's great. Definitely makes it a lot easier when you have a single buyer. If you're listening to this and you haven't listened to our podcast episode of, do I need a significant other to buy a house? Go back, listen to the episode, and then come back to me and Lindsay. Because no, you don't, Need a significant other to buy a house. I wish I would have bought a house the second I turned 18 and I was definitely not married at 18 or even had a boyfriend and I don't even know if I had my first kiss then so we're not going to get into that. Maybe for another episode. But yeah, at 18 I wish I would have bought a house before I had my first kiss. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> probably
1: TMI. I feel like that should be a podcast episode in itself right there. <laughs> yes. Well, I had
0: braces all through high school and I think that just set me back so bad from any boy wanting to kiss me. Let's be real. Um, my dad was really great. I think that's why my dad kept my braces on for so long.
1: Yeah, he definitely was dragging that process out. Smart man. Yeah, I don't know how he got to that, but you have really straight teeth. Did you have braces? Oh, thank you. I did, yes. I also had them. Well, I got them off in eighth grade, but yeah, I had them for about two and a half years.
0: You know what is so unfair is Invisalign now. Like, oh, you can have straight teeth without looking like a geek for four years? Yes. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, let's go back to, okay. So step number two, create a needs analysis, figure out what your individual needs are and what your partner's needs are. And that is like physical items, right? Like do I need a master on the main floor because it's hard for me to walk upstairs? Like what are, you know, other things on the needs list? Would you say Lindsay to think about,
1: um, you know, dogs, do you have a pet? Do you need a yard? Um, do you need that main floor bedroom? Do you need a specific, um, area for a craft or a hobby? You know, just things that I've seen all kinds of stuff over the years that we wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily think of, but everybody's lifestyle is different. So I think it's just important to, you know, why are you moving and what is it in this next house that is super important for you to have and just identifying those. I love that. Okay. So third step in taking advantage of every showing, what would be step number three? It seems so simple, but location. I couldn't tell you how many times that I've showed up at a showing with my clients and they're like, oh my gosh, it backs up to a super busy major highway. Well, we can absolutely narrow that down and eliminate those issues. You know, do a quick aerial, um, look at the surrounding area, do a Google search, hone in on that bird's eye view. Um, Also, like if you know, we're not seeing a house for, you know, a day or two, we've got it scheduled. Do a quick drive-by, drive-by at night, drive-by during the day, get familiar with what that neighborhood will provide you at all times of the day weekend, you know, busy hustle and bustle. I think it's super important just to get familiar with it. It eliminates some possibility of possibly, um, you know, finding out some things in the future that the buyer may not like, but it also just gives you a little bit more familiar with the house before we even walk in the front door.
0: Yeah, that is so helpful. I always recommend clients drive by before we've been a showing because a lot of times they're like, nope, didn't know it was across the street from an elementary school and I don't want to deal with the traffic or the noise. Like it really will help. And listings can be deceiving. Like you might look at a listing online and be like, oh, it's perfect. And then you actually get to the house and you're like, oh, I had no idea it was right next to an electrical power plant or whatever.
1: And that's our job as listing agents, right, is to, to get you in the door. So it's like how to overcome some of those media fooling techniques, if you will.
0: Yes, for sure. I also think in terms of location, you could also get on your phone if you're like, I don't have time to drive by tonight. Look at your phone and look at the drive time from your place of work or wherever you are most of the time and see what your traffic is going to be like at different times a day because you might love the location, but you're like, actually, at 9 a.m. and at 5.30 p.m., it's going to take me an hour and a half to get home when really it's only 45 minutes on a normal given day. You can do your due diligence before you actually go and drive out there. So, yeah. That's great advice.
1: Okay. Step number four, where are we at? Step number four, it kind of stems back to that pre-approval, but it's a little bit further, maybe like that, you know, extra layer of that onion off is your price, your budget. Everyone has a desired budget in mind. And our job as buyers agents is not to exceed that budget, but to keep you within that, the comfort zone. Every property is different. Some have HOA dues that are substantially larger or higher than others. Some have different property taxes because exemptions aren't in place. So it's our job to understand what that budget is that the buyer is comfortable with and then take that home, look at the associated fees with it, and determine if that home fits within that comfort zone. There are times where I've seen it, we've walked in, and, you know, there's HOA dues that are double. What they're comfortable with, um, and/or just no exemptions on the property, which you know, we're not even gonna go down that rabbit hole because that's something you can overcome. But you do have to bite the bullet and you have to pay that higher mortgage payment for at least you know the next three to six months, depending. So I always just say let's do that research. You know, and it makes it difficult too if you have your heart set on something. I don't want to bring you to it and it be outside the budget.
0: Yeah. That is really good. And it's good to know that too, because you might fall in love with the house, but you're like, I only really love it for this price per month. And... Past that, you know, I could probably find something better. And so that is a great piece of advice is like to actually run that monthly number and be like, what am I going to be paying for month for this exact house? Like I remember when I was car shopping and I used to always say, I wish that there were car agents. Like, Hey, this is my budget. I, I need a two door. I want something that's fuel efficient. Go find me a car that is used and that's going to be a good, a good purchase. Um, cause it's expensive and it's, it can be really stressful. And I don't know anything under the hood. Like I want someone else to tell me that it's in good shape, you know, maybe we'll have a, How to Buy a Car podcast next. Yeah. Um, But... Anyways, I I feel like that's a really good thing because when I was looking at cars, I'm like, well, I really love this one for the way it looks. I love it for the interior, the moonroof, the seat warmers. And I would pay $2.99 a month for my payment for that car. Uh, But if you don't really love it, that $2.99 payment or whatever that payment is might feel really steep because you don't really love it. So I do think that going home and really figuring out the monthly numbers will help you figure out how much you love it and then also what to offer, which is a whole nother episode, and we won't get into that today. But really figuring out how much you love it and how much you're willing to spend will help you figure out what to offer.
1: Making your expectations just clear up front eliminates a lot of the headache.
0: Totally. Okay,
1: and last but not least, what is step number five? Super simple, right? Like if we're going to be on, um, if it's a road warrior day and we've got multiple showings, wear comfortable shoes. There are so many times we're like, okay, we've got 13 lined up, and Mrs. Byer gets out of the car and she's wearing stilettos. It's like, it's going to be a long day. <laughs> so comfortable shoes, um, you know, pack some snacks. I usually have snacks, bottle water with me, try to take care of my clients. And then notepad, whether that's, you know, if you're a techie and you want to take your notes on an iPad, bring your iPad with you or just bring a notepad. The more you see, you know how it is, like everything starts to kind of blur together. So it's super important just to like, hey, you know, we're at 123 Apple Street. I absolutely loved the following items, but it smelled weird or like it was too close to the neighbor's house or something like that, whatever it might be. But it's super helpful. And I can't tell you how many times my buyers go back and they're like, oh, my God, Lindsay, thank you so much. Tonight I went back and I looked at my notes. We're going to go ahead and pass on the following four. But we do like the three that we, you know, positive starred. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and especially in this market where, I don't know if this is happening in Indy, but in Nashville, we have a lot of houses that are sitting on the market. And so we have a lot more showings. It used to be, I mean, a year ago, the second house got listed, you go and see it. And so it was a lot of onesie, twosie showings. Like I go see this one house on Thursday and then see another house Saturday. But because there are a lot of price drops happening in Nashville and a lot of houses sitting, it is a lot more like how it used to be, which is we're going to go see five or six houses today in one given afternoon. And something I really like to do that I just started doing, uh, when I do have like a, a, a few showings happening back to back is I'll send my clients on, I don't know if you know this, but on Google maps, you can create like a tour, and so you can put all the addresses in, it'll create your route and you can actually send that to or to your clients so that that, that way, that when they're driving around and whether they follow you in their car or if they're in the car with you, or if they plug in the GPS and go on their own, cause they might have to stop for gas or stop for a bathroom break. It's really helpful for them to see where they're driving to next, because a lot of people are really bad at directions, you know, believe it or not. And they're like, wait, we just drove for 20 minutes. Where are we right now? And they have to like re-get their bearings. So usually when I get to the showing, I'm like, okay, we just drove over the river, through the woods, past grandma's house, and now we're in Germantown. And so here's where we just drove through. Because like I feel like we just drove through a really sketchy area and we got here. And I'm like, well, that's because we came from a different location. This is where we are. And this is where, you know, you'll grocery shop and go on your runs and whatever. And I think it's helpful to send them that tour in Google Maps before they actually do the driving. Cause when you're driving, you're making sure you're not getting an accident. You're, you know, trying to get a lay of the land. It sometimes can be confusing. So I think laying it out in the map, showing them where they are. And that way they can really, again, understand step number. What was that? Three, understand the location. It'll help them just get their bearings. So especially if they're new to town too, that helps a
1: lot. Yeah. That's such a valid point. I don't ever like to, I think preparation is key and there's going to be times where you do have to just kind of, hopefully our market will get back to that. Like you said, Lists, you got to run, you got to take a look. You kind of have to make a quick decision. Our market too here in Indy has slowed down just a little bit to where things are more more than just one day on the market. You know, we're looking at five plus days, but it gives you a little bit more thinking time. So might as well just be prepped and ready for it and know your commute for the day. Like, hey, this is where we're going. This is our route. And exactly that. It gives you a very solid idea of where you're at and where you don't want to be.
0: Yeah. I feel like people that are listening to this might wonder like, how many showings should I do with my realtor? Because I remember uh, I've I've had a lot of clients where we do our buyer consultation. I understand their needs list. We go through the steps of how to buy a house and they really understand. I get them as educated as possible, which is again, why we have this podcast, but really to make sure that they are ready when we do find the right house to make an offer. But I have some people that are like, I shouldn't buy the first house I see, right? Or, you know, should I go see a hundred houses before I make an offer? I feel like People are probably wondering, like, what's the gauge? Like, how many houses should I see before I make an offer? What do you think your answer would be to that, Lindsay?
1: So I actually recently read this study that the average consumer sees 15 homes before they go under contract. I personally think that it's situational. But if you do your needs analysis, you outline your expectation, everyone is on the same page. It's not a rare incident where somebody does go into that first home and they fall in love, they write the offer and you've seen one house and you're now buying it. If you're seeing 30 and 40 homes, it's either because you're getting out bed or maybe you're just not clear on your true understanding and your desires within a home. So that's where I really do say, let's go back to the drawing board. Let's truly figure out what it is that's wanting you to make this move and identify your must-haves. From that must-haves, then what I'm going to show you is going to be strictly underneath those categories. Yeah, so I think sometimes it happens on one. Sometimes it happens on two or three, but it might take 30. Hopefully it doesn't, but you just never know. Yeah,
0: especially if you are in a competitive price range. It might take 30 just because you are offering, but you just didn't get the house. And I think it's important to not get discouraged. Trust your realtor again. That's the the beauty of hiring a realtor that you trust is you could say, okay, they are telling me that like not to give up hope, we're going to find the right thing. And leaning on your realtor for your advice of like, are we crazy? We've seen so many houses and we haven't gotten one yet. And they might be like, yeah, this is the market and it's tough. Or they might say, you guys are being way too picky and we need to expand our horizons and maybe look at stuff that, you know is in a different area or whatever. But yeah, I remember I had one one client once that I ended up having to fire because I swear he just wanted to go look at houses, but he didn't want to actually buy a house. We probably looked at, I don't know, it sounds like a lot, but like 20 or 30 houses within a couple of weeks. And I was like, I think you just like looking at houses. You know, like maybe you should go get a real estate license if this is what you like to do. But like he wasn't offering on anything. And I think also understanding that your realtor is making a living and this is their job. And so really only looking at stuff that you're serious in. Definitely. If you want to just go look at houses, go to open houses. That's what open houses are for. They're beautiful. Things. Yes. Go to open houses. That's what that's for. And if you want to, if you're serious about making an offer, then schedule a showing with your agent. Lindsay, I'm going to wrap us up. Give us one piece of advice. We end all of our episodes like this that you think is like your best piece of advice. And this can be real estate related or not. It could be personal. It could be something you've heard recently. But what's one piece of advice you want to give to our listener today?
1: So I preach this to my children. I also live and die by this. It's stay true to who you are. And to my core, I know what, you know, my values are. I know what my morals are. I know what my moral compass is. And I do business with people that are like-minded. I do business with people that respect that. And I truly believe at the end of the day, if you are your best version of yourself, you can't ever go wrong. So it's just listen to what's important to you and just follow that path. That's awesome. Well, I love that. Lindsay, you are amazing. Thank you so much for me on our episode today,
0: um, you guys listening to this, please follow Lindsay Sears. You can find her on Instagram. You can find her at the howtobuyahouseclass.com Sign up for her class. Um, check out her team. And thank you for listening, Lindsay. Thank you. You're amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Stay tuned for more episodes from the How to Buy a House class. You can follow us on Instagram. We're at the How to Buy a House class. You can also email us. Yes, we still use email, and we would love to connect to you that way as well. You can reach us directly at hello at howtobuyahouseclass.com. And I also would love to connect with you. My Instagram handle is at Jess Lou Randolph. And we hope you have a fabulous day. Thanks for listening, and God bless you.